Are you ready to receive your dose of wisdom? Welcome to the Winning Way podcast. It's where winning tools meet practical truth. Think of it as a moment with your favorite mentor, a dose of motivation from your all-time winning coach, a nudge in the right direction from your counselor, necessary insight from your pastor, and a short tutorial from your teacher, all rolled into 15 minutes of power-packed and practical life lessons. Life is a journey, and it's time to set your navigation system on your winning destination. Your Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to The Winning Way with Pastor A. I am here today to talk about this syndrome that I have noticed over probably the last few years, but certainly here very recently. Um, I've noticed that there is this um, almost like poison uh, going through the body of believers, the people that have confessed with their mouth that they believe that Jesus is Savior, that Jesus is Lord, that there is this almost this poison, this syndrome, this disease that is pouring through the body of Christ. All right. It's almost like um, my 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 child, he plays uh, basketball. And um, when his team is winning, his his face is lit up. He's smiling from ear to ear. But on those occasions where they're getting blown out, you can look at him and you look at everybody on the bench. And it's almost like the air has been sucked out of them. That's what the body of Christ is looking like. So what is this disease? What is this syndrome? What is this poison, this thing that I'm almost calling like a poison in the body? Um, It is hopelessness. All right. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about overcoming the syndrome of hopelessness. All right. If you are a blood bought believer, all right, you should have hope. If you have nothing else, you should have hope. We should be a people that others can look at. And even when we look like we're losing the game, look like the enemy is running up the score on us, we should never look act or actually be defeated. All right. We should never um, be in this state of defeat. We should never be in this state where we feel like the air has left us, where we feel like hope has left us, where we feel like um, we have no answer for tomorrow. We have no answer. We have no solution. We don't know the outcome. We know what the end of the book says and the end of the book says that we win. And so I want to deal with this today because I believe that it is a poison that is circulating through the body of Christ. It's this thing called defeat, this thing called hopelessness. I have been a victim to it Um even in my own life, in my own faith, in my own place of salvation. I have experienced at these times feeling hopeless. 
And I know as a person that talks to a lot of other people, as a pastor, as a counselor, that there are a lot of people who are facing hopelessness. We're facing situations that look hopeless. We're facing circumstances that look hopeless. We're facing um, just aspects of life that feel like that there's no solution, that there's not going to be a change, that there's not going to be um, something that comes to rescue, something that comes to bring resolve. And so it's getting us to this place of felt hopelessness. But we're going to be rescued from that place today because we're going to talk about it today here on The Winning Way. We're going to talk about what do we do when we feel hopeless? Should we be feeling hopeless? The answer, the resounding answer to that is as a believer, if you have nothing else, you always have Jesus. All right. And because you always have Jesus, that means you should always have hope. And that is a trick of the enemy. That is the place of the the seat that he likes to bring um, to the body of Christ to make us feel like we are hopeless, but we are never hopeless if we have Jesus. And so I want to really talk um, even from my own experience of feeling hopeless and what um, I have learned is what the Holy Spirit has helped me to even learn about the feeling of hopelessness and uh, the feeling of and how to overcome that feeling of hopelessness. And so the first question I have for you today is what are you hoping for? All right. That's the first question. If you are dealing with hopelessness, if you are being overcome with the feeling of being hopeless, you feel defeated. You feel like things have no resolve. You feel like you don't know um, what tomorrow is going to look like and you just don't have um, the 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 unction to believe anymore that things are going to get better. I want you to ask yourself, what are you hoping for? All right. The Bible tells us in Romans five and five that we have a hope that does not disappoint. All right. The Bible says that we have a hope that does not disappoint. So why are so many Christians? I'm talking to believers here. Why are so many believers disappointed? All right. I had to ask myself, why are you disappointed? Why are you uh, at a place of felt hopelessness? And so when I ask my, myself the question, what am I hoping for? I had to be realistic about that answer. And so I'm asking you today, if you are feeling hopeless, if you are feeling disappointed, if you are feeling defeated, what are you hoping for? All right. Are you hoping uh, for a thing? Are you hoping for a a materialistic thing? Are you hoping um, for a situation to work out? Are you hoping for advancement? Are you hoping for um, a, a blessing that you believe that God has promised you? Maybe God told you that you were going to birth something. Maybe it's a physical child. Maybe it is uh, something in the spirit and maybe it hasn't come to fruition. What are you hoping for today? The reason why we have to really lock into what are we hoping for? Because then number two, we have to make sure that we are not uh, what we're hoping 
in is not something that's according to our will. All right. I'm going to tell you that really the issue of hopelessness, the number one issue with hopelessness is that we've moved from this place of whatever we're expecting for. We're moved from this place of we're expecting most of our expectation and most of the things that we hope for are coming from our fleshly will. We're going to always or we're going to be we're going to be more uh, privy to having a hopelessness or, or feeling defeated when our hope and our expectation really is at the level of our will, what we want. What does that mean when I say our will, what we want, what we want to see, what we think we should have when we think we should have it. Maybe the Lord did say it, but maybe we have placed our own time on that thing. Maybe we have our own picture of what that looks like. And so we have to really face this fact of what am I hoping for? Is the thing, is the material, is the spiritual um, um, promise, whatever it is, is the thing that I'm hoping for, is it something that I want? Or maybe it's something that God told me, but I am on my own timetable with it. All right. That is very important because our hope Really, if we're going to talk about that biblical hope that does not disappoint, it doesn't disappoint because it's locked in, not to our will, not even to our own understanding, but it's locked into the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God means that he is in total control. He understands the beginning from and the end, he un understands the end from the beginning, the beginning and the end. And so that means our hope is locked into the fact that he knows more than we know. Our hope is locked into the fact that he is good. And the Bible says our hope doesn't disappoint because he pours out his love on us. That means our hope is locked into the fact that he loves us enough to do what is best for us and understand when it's best for us to have whatever we're expecting. That's big. And so when we lock our hope into the sovereignty of God, then we can say that what those verses say before that Romans five and three talks about hope. And it talks about the fact that we can have this hope even through trouble because we understand that even the trouble is working something good for us. It's working out patience. It's working out perseverance. It's working something good. And so when we lock our hope into the sovereignty of God, we're locking into the sense that even if I don't see it tomorrow when I want to see it, I can still hope because I understand that you're sovereign and you're going to do it when you see fit and when you see fit is good enough for me because you're sovereign and because I know it's working something for me. He, everything he does is for your good. Everything that's not happening for you right now is ultimately for your good. Everything that is happening for you is ultimately, ultimately for your good. He works it for your good. That's the sovereignty of God. He has the ability, even through trouble, even through trial, even through these, these, these points in life that feel like wilderness and desolation, he has an ability to work something in those seasons that benefit us in the end. That's where our hope has to lie. Hopelessness comes, the feeling of defeat comes when we have placed God on our timetable, 
are when we have placed our desire, our will above the sovereignty of God. So what does that mean? That means I have elevated what I want and my hope is really in what I want, not his will, not his desire. Hope means that I understand I hope in the one whose plan is greater than my plan. I hope in the one whose desire for me was uh, came way before I had a desire for myself. He had a plan for us in our mother's womb. That's where our hope has to be, not in what we have, not in what we have created or what we have decided we wanted just here in the last five years. He's had a plan for you since you were in your mother's womb. And so our hope has to be that his plan is greater than our plan. His understanding is greater than our understanding. His ways are greater than our ways. And so hopelessness has sort of crept up into the body of Christ because we have this level of expectation and this level of, um, of hope that really is centered on what we want, when we want it, and how we want it. And so I'm asking you today, if you have been feeling hopeless, if you have been feeling defeated, if you have been feeling like, um, I believe in this God thing, but I just don't believe that things are happening for me. I want you to really ask yourself, what are you hoping, hoping in? What are you hoping for? And what level have you placed your hope at? Is it at the level of your will? Is, is it seeming like it's not happening for you because it's not happening on your time? Are you solely focused on uh, the one thing that you do not believe has been um, happening or has been manifested uh, in this physical realm and you're missing all of the other things that he's doing? All right, I need you to take an introspective look today because we have to break this spirit and break this place of hopelessness among the body because the world needs hope. And we are supposed to be hope givers, but the enemy is now deceiving us to feeling like we're hopelessness. And so even as I had to challenge myself and ask myself, am I hopeless or feeling hopeless because I'm looking for something on my time? And I had to say, yes, I wanted to see that thing by the end of 2022. And then I wanted to see it by the end of 2023. And now we're in 2024. But God says, what about my will? What about my timing? There is a there is a thing called Kairos. There is an opportune time, but I have to hope in the God that understands timing better than I understand time. I understand timing because he is not bound to my timetable. All right? Are you hopeless today? Because it's time to get your hope back. Are you feeling defeated today? Because it's time to get your joy back. It's time for you to understand that we are on the winning side of this thing. This is the winning way. And I'm telling you that we always win. We're destined to win. But we have to take our joy back. We have to take our hope back. And so we have to shift. All right. We don't get hope just because God does something. 
We don't get it from from seeing uh, that he has fulfilled a promise or seeing that uh, we have received something that we've been asking for. We have hope just because of who he is. We have hope because of his ability, because whether he does it or not, he's still able. That's what Daniel said. Right. Whether he rescues me from this this situation that I'm in or not, he's still able. And so I can hope in that Job said, I'm going to wait for him until my change comes. All right. We have to have that sort of perseverance. And he said that hope is the thing that builds perseverance. And so I'm telling you today, don't lose hope. If you are feeling hopeless today, ask yourself on what level have I built my hope? Is it on the level of my will, my desire, my wants, or is it at the level of his sovereignty? Because if it's at the level of his sovereignty, then you have a hope that will never disappoint you. Thank you for tuning in to the winning way today. I want you to remember that you are destined to win and destiny awaits. You have just tuned in to the Winning Way podcast with Ashley. Subscribe to our podcast. For more episodes and information about upcoming episodes, go to thewinningway.podbean.com. Thank you for listening to the Winning Way podcast. Remember that you are destined to win and destiny awaits.